Touchdown Locked On Anaheim Ducks. We preview the first two games of the 2020 Stanley Cup Final and more on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. How's everyone doing today? It is Tuesday, September 22nd. Yesterday was the day. It was September 21st. Yep, 21st of September. September... How's everyone doing? Welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, presented by rockauto.com. Don't forget to rate, comment, subscribe if you have not already, and be sure to follow on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks. Follow me at StimpyJD. And also, you can hear this show via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you hear your podcasts. We got through that quickly. Uh, Let's talk about Game 1. Actually, let's get right into it. So Game 1 took place Saturday afternoon. The reason it was on Saturday was because the previous rounds ended as early as they did. Once again, no Game 7s took place. Therefore, that meant that the Stanley Cup Final would begin early because NBC had a time slot available. They had that Saturday night time slot. They may as well use it, right? Absolutely. So, Game 6 of a different series ended on Thursday. Game 1 on Saturday between the Dallas Stars and the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I put up a little poll before the game, and I want to address that really quickly. So I asked on the poll, who are you rooting for, the Dallas Stars or the Tampa Bay Lightning? Since this is a Duck-centric podcast and most of you are rooting for Corey Perry and Andrew Cogliano, most fans said the Dallas Stars. It was almost unanimous, but it was overwhelmingly most Ducks fans are rooting for the Stars. They want to see Perry get another one, but they want to see Cogs get his first. Andrew Cogliano was a big part of the Ducks for a number of years. Uh, Great guy all around. So yeah, they're rooting for him. How did they do in that first game? Well, that first game was about a couple of stories. Uh, Let's talk about that very first goal. Only five and a half minutes into the first period. Joel Hanley. There's a name that you may have heard before if you are following minor league hockey because Joel Hanley played about 300 and something AHL games and he got the first goal of the game. Not only the first goal of the game, his first career goal. If you can believe that, I'm not even making this up. His first career goal in all of the NHL. He never scored in a regular season game, never scored in the playoffs before this. No, His first career NHL goal came during the Stanley Cup Final, and it was the first game of this year's Stanley Cup Final. Uh, He had a nice, nice shot from between the dots. Uh, It was, I think it was Rupe Hintz who had it behind the net, passed it right to Joel Hanley, who was in between the faceoff dots, right down the middle. Hanley put it in right on the side, and that made it 1-0 Dallas. And I'll talk more about Joel Hanley in a little bit. Uh, After Hanley scored his first of the postseason and his first ever, Yanni Gord tied things up at one goal apiece later on. Then in the second period, Dallas, it was all Dallas in that second period, or maybe not all Dallas, but it was mostly Dallas in that second period. Uh, Dallas outshot Tampa 13-10 to in that period, and that made it not only 2-1, to but 3-1. to You had goals from Jamie Alexiak and Joel Kiviranta. Then Jason Dickinson got his first of the postseason very late in the game. This was practically an empty netter. 
and that made it four to one Dallas. Uh, Dickinson hit it right down the middle, bang. So Dallas won that one four to one, and they led the best of seven series one game to nothing. Okay, let's go into what I really, really wanted to talk about. Joel Henley, he's pretty much been a career AHL player. He's played in 359 career games in the American Hockey League over the past seven seasons. He's played with the Ice Caps. He played a season in the Tucson Roadrunner system. In fact, he was an alternate captain for the Tucson Roadrunners back in 2018. Then the year after that, he got traded to the Dallas Stars, ended up playing with Texas, but he had some time with the Dallas Stars as well. In fact, he split some time between Dallas and Texas. He played 16 games in Dallas, 66-0 games with the Texas Stars of the AHL. And that's where it ended up. This season, he played the majority of his time with the Texas Stars. In fact, the defenseman never scored a goal in Texas this season either. And in eight games this season, he had two assists, but that was it. So not only was it his first career goal in the NHL, but that was his first goal either in the AHL or the NHL the entire season. So what a way to come up big. And I just love Joel Hanley's story. Uh, First off, he played 40 games with Texas this season, didn't score a goal. And last year, he scored eight goals with the Texas Stars, including one against the Ontario Reign. Uh, He's done well against Ontario, not so much against the San Diego Gulls. But that's a different story for another day. So... That's Joel Hanley as far as the stats go, but his backstory is just something out of... It's miraculous how far he has come. So he's played in 46 NHL games in his career, no goals, 8 assists. That's something to think about. Something personal to think about as far as Joel Hanley goes. Uh, He's got a pretty tragic backstory, but also a very inspiring backstory that I want to get to momentarily before we head into the first intermission. Uh, Joel Hanley has gone through a ton in his life. You know, he's had tragedy. He's had triumph recently. Uh, He's also a man of faith. I don't normally talk about this kind of stuff too often, but considering where he's been for most of his career, you can see why this is a pretty miraculous, not only goal, but just career so far. Jordan Hanley is Joel Hanley's brother. He's four years, or he was four years older than Joel. And they were very, very close. In fact, they both played hockey. However, when Joel was only 19 years old and he was at UMass, he got the unfortunate news that on October 11, 2010, you know, Joel was barely into the first month of his freshman year at UMass. And his parents called him and said that Jordan had taken his own life. He'd committed suicide. And this is something that's kind of common in hockey, that we see hockey players committing suicide. And this was just another case. And, you know, he was only 23 years old, and he was apparently suffering. He had apparently developed some kind of bipolar disorder. So we really didn't talk about mental health that much 10 years ago. Obviously, we talk about it more now, or we try to talk more about it now. That's why we have these initiatives like Bell Let's Talk, among others, where we try to not make it so much of a stigma as it is nowadays, or as it was back then. It was more of a stigma back then than it is now, and it is important to address mental health, and it could have been prevented back then if we had simply talked more about it, if more people had, you know, whatever. That's kind of on a tangent. 
So Joel was very upset. You know, he cared about his brother so much, and that was very tough for him to see it happen. So Joel kind of went into a funk himself. And who can blame you? Who can blame... I mean, he lost his brother. How do you recover from that? The best way for him to recover from that was to pretty much put all his time into hockey. But the rest of his time where he was not playing hockey, he really went full force into his faith. You know, he became a born-again Christian. And he talks about his Christianity once in a while. His brother is not far from his mind. And he wears his faith on his sleeve. As I mentioned, he's a Christian. And he tries to go into the theological sides of things. You know, this happened for a reason. And, you know, it's kind of been the grace of God that has helped him through this time. And that's something that Joel has said time and time again. So, you know, for him to have that inner strength and to have that faith for him, that works perfectly for him. And it's really helped him. And that's something that I'm sure we're going to hear more about as far as Joel Henley's story goes. But given everything that he's gone through in his life, you cannot help but feel really good for the kid to get his first NHL goal. And for you Ducks fans, Corey Perry was a complete class act during that first period. What I really liked about that goal was Corey Perry, right when he realized that Joel scored that goal, Corey Perry was on the ice. The first thing he did was he bolted right to the net, asked for the puck, and got it right away. And he presented that puck to Hanley right after the game. So I'm sure that made Corey Perry feel really good to be to be able to present the puck to Joel Hanley. And that just kind of shows what kind of teammate Corey Perry is. You know, love him or hate him, Corey Perry has taken on that leadership role. And he's taken on that type of, I guess, persona where he's going to care so much for his teammates. And this is not the first time he's done that this season. He's done this multiple times where he has grabbed an important puck from the net to present to his teammates. I think that is very cool of Corey Perry to do. And that was just a monumentally wonderful moment for Joel Henley. So, yeah. Uh, I ended up talking about Joel Henley a few, a few minutes more than I anticipated, to be honest. But his story deserves to be told. And I'm just glad I was able to tell it. I'm sure Locked on Stars talks about that as well. And if you want, check out Locked on Stars. Maybe they talk more about Joel Henley as far as Game 1 is concerned. And I I personally love the story. So there you go. Uh, we're going to head into the first intermission. And we're kind of late on this. But we're going to go into the first intermission. And we're going to talk about rockauto.com. They have all the parts your car will ever need. Maybe you are looking to replace some parts in your Toyota. Maybe you drive an old Chevy or you drive an old Ford. RockAuto.com has the parts for you. Maybe you're looking at a classic car. Maybe you're looking to, you know, expand your horizons and get an expensive car like an Aston Martin or a Rolls Royce. Believe it or not, RockAuto.com has car parts for those kind of cars as well. So head on over to RockAuto.com and in the How Did You Hear About Us box, Tell them that Locked On sent you. So once again, that is rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. 
And coming up after the first intermission, we'll talk a little bit more about Game 1 and talk about Game 2 of this year's Stanley Cup Final. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network presented by rockauto.com. I know we talked a lot in the first segment about Joel Henley and his first ever career goal. Yeah, I can't believe he did that. First career goal in the Stanley Cup final of all things. What a way to break out. Uh, Let's talk a little bit more about the game, some of the auxiliary stats. So the time of possession favored the Lightning. They outshot Dallas 36-20. They had possession for about 25 minutes while Dallas had about 22 minutes. Uh, Penalties, they were plentiful for the Lightning. 16 penalty minutes, Dallas 8. Neither team scored on a power play, but the hits just kept on coming. Tampa with 56, Dallas 50. Here's something that I want to talk about a little bit. I want to talk about the shot attempts. Now, shots on goal, as I mentioned, were 36-20 in favor of Tampa Bay. It was 36-20. Tampa Bay outshot Dallas 22-2 in the third period. Here were the scoring... Well, not the scoring chances. Uh, Well, scoring chances were 14-0 in favor of Tampa uh, towards the end of the game. As far as shot attempts, 77-51 in favor of Tampa. I'm going to break it down period by period so you can see where this went. Dallas, 18-8 in that first period. Dallas, 30-24 in the second period. So after two periods, Dallas out-attempted Tampa Bay 48-32. Okay. Third period, 45-3 in favor of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Shot attempts were for... Really? 45-3? And one of those was a Dallas goal, the empty netter. So, wait, you mean to tell me that Dallas had three shot attempts in that third period and one of them was an empty netter? So, aside from that, they had two, two shot attempts in that period. And the only reason Tampa Bay had that much possession time towards the end of the game was because in the third period, they had puck possession for almost two-thirds of the period. That third period alone accounted for almost their entirety of puck possession, if you can believe that. 45-3, to wow. And they couldn't squander a single goal. 22 shots, they couldn't get a goal. So how was that possible? Well, that was possible because of the first star of the game by far, and that was Anton Kudobin, who stopped every single one of those shots in the third period, and he was something very special. Uh, His biggest asset was his lateral movement where he just kept going back and forth like nobody's business uh there were some excellent shot attempts and these were high danger chances too might i add uh, high danger chances were four to nothing in favor of tampa in that period and either one of those four high danger chances could have very easily been goals very easily it just didn't happen And to go on some of the other, I guess, kind of fancy stats here. Yeah, we're going fancy stats today. Can you believe that? Uh, By the way, thanks to what Natural Stat Trick, by the way. Natural Stat Trick once again providing that. Uh, High danger chances were pretty much all for 
Uh, Alex Kalorn had one. Uh, Anthony Sorelli, he had a high danger, high danger chance there. Um, so players like that, that those top lines, all got some fantastic chances in that third period. Just nothing went through. That's pretty much all I have to say about that. As far as Dallas goes, a lot of block shots. There were a ton of them. Um, let's go over the defensive core. Of course, I talked about Joel Henley. Uh, Klingberg was big in that third period as far as block shots go. Same with uh, Jimmy Alexiak. They did everything they could to try to neutralize the Tampa Bay defense to not get them into the zone as possible. They took the defense out of the game. They took Victor Hedman out of the game in the third period, although Hedman had a couple of good chances. They took Zach Bogosian out of the game. So, great job by Dallas defensively in that first game to neutralize Tampa. And once again, the final score of game one was 4-1. to one. I talked way more about that first game than I intended. But let's go into game two, which took place last night on Monday. It was pretty much all Tampa Bay throughout this game. Uh, first period, they got off to a hot start. Braden Point, Andre Palat, and Kevin Shattenkirk each scored goals to make it 3-0 Tampa Bay right away. And two of those were power play goals. Uh, Dallas just had some dumb penalties at the start. Uh, Janmark got a dumb penalty. Pavelski tripping and Alexiak had a holding penalty. Yeah, those were the difference. That was it. Uh, right away, it was 3-0. And I got to give Rick bonus credit for not pulling Anton Kudobin right away. He said, you know what? Those goals are not on you. Not at all. We're going to keep you in the game. That might have been a good sign for Dallas because after that, it was almost all Dallas. Uh, Joe Pavelski got a goal. Matthias Janmark got a goal, each in the second and third period. Uh, Pavelski's was a power play goal, his 10th of the postseason, which is good for Dallas. It was a good comeback, but they came up just a little bit short in winning 3-2. to two. Something to think about on this game. Kudobin had a bad period. It was one bad period and that was it. There was a lot of penalties on this game. It got very rough. This could be an indicator of the rest of the series if they're going to keep playing this rough and they're also going to match each other's intensity. If that's the case, then you have to give the credit to Dallas on this one because they're more pesky in that regard. They will hit you back. I mean, each team, they were even. 51-50 on hits in favor of Tampa. But it was even. Tampa Bay outshot Dallas 14-6 in the first. Okay, great. Then it was 18-5 in favor of Dallas in the second period. Then third period, 12-5 Tampa Bay. Those last few minutes, Tampa Bay did not let Dallas get into the zone at all. And in fact, Kudobin looked a little bit annoyed at the end of the game where he had to stay into his own net, not leave. And then you saw Kudobin finally leave with maybe a minute five left. And even one of those... Uh, resulted in an icing, so Kudobin had to go back. Yeah, it seemed like Dallas just had no chance at the end there. There was even a power play with three minutes left, and they could have pulled Kudobin, but Dallas did nothing on that last play. I mean, it was bad. It was really bad the way Dallas executed towards the end there. Even having a timeout at the end did not help at all. Uh, Victor Hedman, I thought, was by far the best player of the game. He got first star. Uh, Hedman got a ton of blocks that were not all credited to him. 
but I have to give him credit. He played his ass off on this game. He he had two assists, had a lot of fantastic defensive plays. Actually, I shouldn't say they were blocks. Uh, he had a lot of past passing blocks. By that, I mean there was a lot of cross-ice passes that Dallas tried, and Victor Hedman was right there to intercept it. So great job by Hedman, and great job by the rest of the team. Uh, Tampa even up the series one game apiece. We will have game two taking place tomorrow. Game four will take place on Friday. And we will have a game five. That'll take place on Saturday. And I feel like this is a good spot to end the show. Uh, Just want to briefly remind you that we are going to have a live show next week right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It'll be draft preview. I wanted to go over this today, but we I just kind of went a little bit off the rails and we're out of time. Tomorrow's show, I will briefly preview Game 3, but we're also going to talk about the NHL Awards. Those are finally all out, so I'm going to break down the NHL Awards, go over all the awards that were given out for this past season. And I do like that it was a half-hour show instead of a three-hour thing in Vegas. Half-hour, that's all we need. Short and simple, get to the point. So we'll talk about that tomorrow. Uh, make sure to listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or wherever you hear your podcasts. And make sure to rate, comment, subscribe if you really like the show. Uh, feel free to email me. Actually, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to open up the mailbag. So be sure to drop us a line at lockedonanaheimducks at gmail.com. I'll put out a tweet later today, open up the mailbag, and I'll have it open for the rest of the week if you guys want to ask any questions. So we'll have a little mailbag segment because we haven't done that in a long time because we haven't had hockey in six and a half months. And also, we're going to have Jeopardy back soon. Yeah, keep an eye out for that. Thanks to you all for listening. Stay safe out there. I know it's still smoky in some parts. Just be kind to everyone. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez reminding you to stay safe, be kind to one another, stay cool Anaheim, and Ducks fly together.